The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. back here uh, and analyze this and we have having a, a, a nice discussion about people because you know politics is people and we're in a highly charged political environment I got uh, Summer Sibley Brown uh, joining me uh, in my getaway hour you know what I'm saying what's up <laughs> <laughs> in our getaway hour getaway yes hour, yes yeah, yeah. so we uh, morning summer once again morning. Uh, and we worrying about that bottleneck over there and um, um, the Four Winds area, um, a good, a good, a good Samaritan move taking place over there, but apparently creating some logistical issues. So I just sent a text message to um, Kimberly Kazi Gomez. I have um, Lorian text me, Ryan Nugent, uh, so we, so we could find out. Yeah, yeah, that'll happen. So well when well, so. we look at intention versus impact, right? Those mm -hmm. are some of the things, even in our, even in policy making, right? Mm -hmm. The spirit and the intention <clears throat> of a bill, or the spirit and the intention of something, can be wonderful, and the impact on the actual rollout can have real logistical challenges in real life to people, and how we come back from that, right? Is, is important, even with the selection of, we were talking before about governance, right? And the different systems of governance and the choices people make. Intention and impact, and we need to start measuring impact. Identify intention, you know, but measure impact. And so hopefully they call in soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we could try to help them. That's what we, you know, our thing is solution-based and, you know, we want to see if we could assist, you know, for those who, and apparently it's, it's being well attended. It's a lot of people. I was talking to uh, one of my listeners over there uh, on the St. Thomas side and said people out of this world. So hopefully they could walk that out. But getting back to, to what we were talking about, where um, people you know, have this habit of um, mixing up um, perspective um, with personal feelings, right? Um, just because you see something some way, um, that don't necessarily mean that that person, you know, is a particular way. That's just their perspective on an issue. So you got to be able to make that distinction between how you view things. So um, one of the things and uh, that, that we we want to accomplish uh, going forward is that if you could separate um, the issue from the person, uh, then um, you, you've made some strides. <clears throat> you know, just because, uh, and I go, it goes back to this story that Randy Lugo told me one time. Um, he said, you know, when we were in the legislature, um, back in, this is 60s, you know, they got donkey Democrats and all these things and all that stuff. And um, he said, after we done doing what we got to do, we're going to have dinner. I was, you know, I was a little naive at that point because I was thinking, but wait a minute, I just been at war on the floor, you know, why would I want to have dinner with, with my combatant? But basically what he was telling me was we were having wars and issues. We weren't having wars with us personally, you know what I mean? Uh, 
So you got to be able to compartment you know, in, in that regard. And I think that's a problem that we're having now. And uh, the UN, United States, you know, um, struggling, man, struggling. It's, it's like a us against them on everything, not on issues, personally. And that's why you have in the, the Buffaloes, the, the, I mean, East Buffalo, the Uvalde, Cypress, California, the, the 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 situation in Detroit. You having these ex- extreme behaviors because, you know, if you ain't with me, that means you're against me, and it shouldn't be that way. But I think that there are movements and people who benefit from these extreme behaviors. They they have a they, there is a different agenda, mm-hmm. and like so, what I'm about to say. I know the station always says there's a disclaimer before, right? Like these are the thoughts of not WTGX. This is actually, hi, you're meeting Summer Sibley Brown. And one of the things, the scenarios that I'm always thinking about is, are we moving towards civil insurrection, right? Us against us. And what would be the benefit or the gain, right? What's the large engine that might push or benefit from that? What type of changes would it create in our structure? And we really actually have to start thinking those things through. Another thing I think we have to think through, Neville, is what happens when these extreme behaviors are happening in the states, what does that reflect or mean for the Virgin Islands? How long will it take if those behaviors are going to trickle down into our little island paradise um, where we have high levels of integration and tolerance and for the most part you know we have traditionally lived amongst our differences not to say perfectly but we live amongst our differences and we enjoy the benefit of multiple types of people and multiple types of culture being in the virgin islands is this extreme behavior that's happening in the u.s is it going to come to our shores are we prepared to handle it how do we mitigate it how do we condition the minor virgin islanders to stand against it because what happens in our nation has a trickle-down effect here right we don't so we don't screen people at our ports to be like are you the people who want to live amongst all people right we don't know that mm-hmm. um so these are these are the things that I think about. Like, is that extreme behavior on its way to our shores? What can we do to stop it? Well, our thing is unique. You know, uh, for example, we really can't relate to what happened in Minneapolis in 2020. You know? Not at all. You know, because our demographics are reversed. You follow what I'm saying? So, but what was, you know, pleasing to me um, was, you know, once the... The, the protests became global, and we had ours. We had one here. It was Saturday morning. It was held by me. You were, that was you. That was you. Yeah. And I can be honest with you. I I saw, um, you know the 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 the, the Caucasian community mm-hmm. participating that day big time. Yeah. Um, the track, I was driving through town, and I was like, wow. There were two, one country, they organized one. Okay. And I organized one. Yeah, and then Jalene and, and, in yeah. St. John, and I forget the young lady yeah. in St. Thomas and St. Thomas yeah, had and, a and, and that was that was that was very, very pleasing to my eyes because, you know, I, I got the sense that they were they, they were concerned for their own health because, you know, um, they live in a predominantly black society and um, they, they weren't concerned because of color. They were concerned because people see and people do. And you just mentioned it. You know, 
when people see extreme action taking place, a lot of people just like to follow for the sake of following, not realizing, wait a minute, you know, it's a cause and effect going on here. And I, I got the sense that they, they realized, wait a minute, you know, um, London, Amsterdam, Auckland, you name it, Paris had one of the biggest, you know, um, protests. Of course, I'm all over America and all that stuff. So I was here, and I said, "This is this is beautiful, you know, because you know, you know people of color, people of color are the predominant um, yeah. um, race here, hmm. and and it worked out well, man. That, that, I, that day was nice. Some of the most raw emotion um, about I that is a day I experienced some of the most raw emotion about what is what is ailing this world and how people's hearts seek to really make humanity better." Um, we know we don't live in a colorblind world, and so there are inherent historical differences, really traumatic things that, you know, black and brown people endure, mm-hmm. right? Um, right here <laughs> in the Virgin Islands. Um, we come from the descendants of the enslaved, right? And in the same vein, we, we are the descendants of our ancestors who were in the enslaved. Some people are the descendants of slave masters and I am no, I should not. I am not a slave today and they are not the master. Mm-hmm. Right? But people will go back to that real guttural feeling and people are play on that to keep keep working and building divides. I this race thing is a serious thing and it's you know, people are, people think slavery was about race. Racism is a symptom of slavery the root cause of slavery was economic economics they came here they were powering an economic engine in order to power that economic engine they had to justify enslaving and mistreating and undervaluing a population so the rhetoric of who we are based on the color of our skin and what we could do came as a subset to make sure that engine was running. And so my question to our to, to us today and to our leaders, how and when do we still continue to forward that rhetoric, right? People think because we are all black and brown community that we're not suffering from um, colonialism and capitalist and internal oppression and we're not forwarding those same systems. We are. We we, we we now have it as a I gonna say this an internal caste system of last names. Well it's nuanced. It is nuanced. <laughs> it is nuanced because it, it, it really is and to be reductivist and say that this is good or bad, which is where you started, doesn't help it. I I I I, I tend to be very measured in how far I want to go in certain conversations when we talk about the slave. Um mm-hmm trade and all that stuff because um if you really really dig down on it 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 didn't it, it wasn't just about economics economics was the, the driving force but if you look at the actual activity right it, it's it's a very painful realization because at the end of the day it was about our own selling our own but listen and at the end of the day let's go even (laughs) further and and a lot of people don't like to accept that fact well they should just go watch (laughs) the woman king they're in the movies right now you know what I'm saying as a reminder yeah 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 and so that's why I I I tend to be a little bit measured because it ain't everybody who really want to be receptive to, to 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 processing 
all of the behavior and all of the history. You check, and gotta be, gotta be, we gotta be careful about that. And that's that's to me, th that really is about presence, right? Um, it ain't just about facts and all that stuff. Sometimes you got to look around and see where you're at. You know what I mean? And check who you're talking to. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Be, 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 because things can spiral out of control so quickly, and you know that that's why to me, right? If you got savvy. If you got presence, those intangibles, right? It ain't just about tangibles. Sometimes intangibles are even more valuable than the tangible because it allows for you to have a good feel for where you're at, how you want, you know, to incorporate, you know, what you're saying and how you feel in a discussion uh, because some people take things very, very literally. Mm -hmm. And you know, so that's you know, that's that's. I'm, I'm glad I'm on an NPR station in that regard because, you know, the audience, you know, tends to be a, a lot more receptive to a little bit, a lot, a lot more open-minded. Uh, you know, to to understand what what we're talking about. Even though I'm just trying to be measured, I don't want you know because I'm you know I'm a history major. I know I know what I know what's going on. Everything's different. You know, same thing with our with, and it isn't just us. You know, we got the Caribs and the Arawaks who were here and they were impacted. Absolutely impacted you know and, yeah. and to some degree and it, wiped out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not to some degree they were. You know what I'm saying? And so we, that's why we gotta be, you know, very very but careful. That's why history is important, but also critical thinking is important. Um, diverse experiences, because to hear the story, to that perspective you brought up perspective, right? Where you stand, where you stand and sit in a situation, is what informs your view. And if you really have um, an open mind, open heart, and open will, me and you, Neville, we sitting in the studio. What I seen from here and what you seen from there is completely different. I have to not take your word as whole truth, but use your lens to evaluate and inform my position mm -hmm. because you're in a different place. And that to me matters in leadership, right? I'm here, we're going to talk about a candidate speaks today. We're talking about governance and social issues. And I think that is a real part of what's missing in our community is that we have these very fortified one-sided views of issues and we're not seeking to inform them from multiple perspectives to really create policy and solve issues that serve most. We ain't gonna ever do something that serves all. I'm not that naive. There's always somebody who gonna have a problem, but we need to start to serve more and most. Well, you know, looking back at it, just know, you know, what we're talking, uh, like for me, right, I, I always, you know, wonder, you know, suppose about Mali, a Malcolm X, uh, a Martin Luther King had gotten a chance to, you know, be with us for 20, 25, 30 years longer. You know, um, I'm sure that um, had they gotten up to the LLAs, because most of them die young. I mean, mm -hmm. I, think, I think Bob Marley was 36, Malcolm X was 39, Martin Luther King may have been in his 40s, I believe. Um, you know, suppose they had that, that opportunity um, to be like a Jimmy Carter who's now 98. You know what I'm saying? And and that ability to look back, you know, be retrospective, look at what they were doing because, you know, um, Robert Kennedy, same thing. He died in 1968 as well, you know. Uh, John Kennedy died in 63, pretty young as well. 
I could tell you now that, you know, as I, as I approach 60, and I'm 58, I see things a whole lot different than I did when I was 35. But look, look at, look at Malcolm X and how he was already shifting, right? Look at where he started in terms of a really radical um, Mm -hmm. base of Muslim that was just for the black man. And then after his transition to the Mecca, understanding that we are all brothers and sisters and having a different approach, right? So in his short span of leadership, we were already able to see an elevation and a radical shift. But by cycle back to education, that, 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 that thing where that, that dynamic, that necessary element in everyone's life, where he had the ability in his mid to late 30s to look at things differently than he did when he got out of prison. Right, where mm-hmm. he was, you know, of the belief that, uh, you know, um, where all, all Muslims are black, and then he goes on his pilgrimage to, uh, to Hajj, the Hajj pilgrimage, and realizes uh, that's not the case. I was being misled. So, you know what? Um, if, I, if he says this publicly, he's the enemy now, just because he's more educated than him, he became the enemy, right? But- but just be more educated, a different experience, and working against the established engine, right? The yeah, es- that, that, that's what you talked about earlier with the economics. But the- e- even in intention, right? Like that's 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 a serious thing. This is why somebody asks me why more people don't run for office. Somebody asks me why people don't take more leadership roles, right? That's why. Because the established engine, depending on where you are, to be an activist, I mean, in the Virgin Islands, we're lucky, right? To have a voice of advocacy. We are we are really a peaceful, we might say that we violent and we just, yes, we have crime, but we's really a peaceful people because all over the Caribbean and in the world and in Brazil. They do it differently. They, yeah, because <laughs> if, you, if you stand up against, if you rage against an established engine, yeah. you put your life in danger. Yes, sir. You put your family that, in that's danger. Not, that's not the case here. Uh, in the version, and, and, there's, and, and there's there's one thing that, that Malcolm X said going to break, you know, that he was trying to impart, and and he was saying, you know, th- this isn't a civil rights issue, this is a human rights issue because you don't treat human beings. Just remove the color. You don't treat human beings like how they were treated black people, and uh, and and that to me shows, you know, that nuanced, that elevated level of, you know, trying to get people to understand. It isn't just about color. It's, 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 it's color, but it's bigger than that. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk local policy right after this. Journalists located all around the world, the BBC World Service can cover international stories when they happen, wherever they happen. Global news you can trust from the BBC World Service. Starting at 2 a.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Funding for the BBC World Service comes from First Bank. First Bank's digital bank offers check deposits, bill pay, transfers and more from anywhere 24-7. More at onefirstbank.com. El sistema de elecciones de las Islas Vírgenes lo está haciendo más fácil para que tú formes parte de nuestro equipo por medio de nuestro programa de voluntarios. Estamos en busca de personas buenas como tú que puedan proveer a cada votante el apoyo que necesitan para que efectivamente puedan participar en el proceso de votación. 
puede comenzar recogiendo y completando la aplicación para voluntarios de cualquiera de nuestras oficinas en el territorio. Usted puede servir como monitor. También tienes la opción de convertirte en un facilitador, asegurando que los votantes que están votando por primera vez, los envejecientes y la comunidad de deshabilitados puedan votar con confidencia y acertadamente. Si tienes el tiempo y estás dispuesto a servir, hay un lugar para ti. Solo inscríbete. Si quieres más información, llama al 340-773-1021. Y recuerda, el votar no es solo su derecho, es lo correcto hacer. Casi uno de cada dos adultos en los Estados Unidos tiene la presión arterial alta. Por eso es importante monitorear tu presión en cuatro pasitos fáciles de memorizar. Todo comienza con un monitor. Checa tu presión arterial todos los días. Monitoreala ya. Visita bajatupresión.org. Presentado por Art Council, American Heart Association y American Medical Association. En colaboración con Office of Minority Health and Health and Resources and Services Administration. Now we're back here, uh, analysis, and we're having a, 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 a historical slash societal uh, uh, slash human relations uh, conversation uh, this this morning. And I'm getting the text messages. Just got text messages. Awesome conversation. Thank you very much. But you know, sometimes you gotta step outside the box. Yeah, right? I, I feel like this is an insight into when I when I was younger mm-hmm. and I used to have lunch with Neville the types of conversations that we just have it naturally, right? Mm-hmm. We just this man and just down the radio. Man, it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? And uh you know, I, I, I'm glad that I could admit that I continuing to learn, you know. Remember when you're young, right? You have the belief when the learning window is till you reach about 21, 22. And then after that, it's time to go work and make money. Uh, but the education don't stop. You no. check, in particular, when you're dealing with people, you know. And like I was saying earlier with, 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 with what Malcolm said, one of the things that I, I appreciate um, with America, right? And I, I can be very honest with you, right? Um, when... A person of color is threatened in America. That, in effect, is recognition that they realize that you have impact. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? You're good at what you're doing, right? I happen to. I, I spent two years at SUNY Old Westbury, and and uh, Louis Farrakhan. Um, he he came there to speak. I was never a Louis Farrakhan fan. You know, once I found out. It's the story, and I took my position. You know what I'm saying? You, you read the Nation of Islam story, and um. You know Elijah Muhammad and all that stuff, and and uh, uh, so you you either a Malcolm or your uh, Elijah Muhammad slash Farrakhan, right? Um, but it, you really shouldn't be that way. I'm I'm here to admit that, you know, because um, the Fidel Castro story, and I'm gonna use it you know, as an analogy for Louis Farrakhan, right? I'm talking 1985. He was there at SUNY Old Westbury earlier. It was like a, like January, February. And um, so that's 37 years ago. And the correlation I want to make with Fidel Castro is, you know, they tell us communism was bad and all that stuff. It could be, I, I, I wouldn't want to live in a 
communist state. I'm be right. I like my I like the levels of freedom. I mean, it's about freedom, the levels of freedom. But but he survived for so long under the American nose. Where America dominates the, not just the free world, but in particular the Western Hemisphere. You got to be good to be able to do that. There's something that he was doing that allowed for him to do that. Same thing with the Far, with, with Farrakhan. You know, he's been a very outspoken uh, uh, person uh, using color as a premise for for his arguments. And and at that particular time, he had, he had an issue with with the, with the Jewish community, right? And um, you know, I gave my education. So I'm not trying to worry about that at that particular point. But the point that I'm making is lasting power. Mm. Right, is in many instances just as impactful as economic power, which is the real power in the world that we're dealing with. Now, economic power runs things. It allows you, it gives you flexibility. You can do things. You can go places. You can have impact. But lasting power, the ability to to take controversial positions and not uh, be wiped out because of it, mm-hmm. that to me. Right has significant value, and and that's why as a history major, you know, you know, I have an appreciation for that. Maybe I'm biased in that regard, but I don't think so. I, I just think, you know, lasting power. Fidel Castro, the same thing. All 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 that stuff. And I want to talk a little bit about Che when we come back, and then I want to cycle it back to how we could have, uh, how we could uh, identify those here in the territory who have had lasting power and allow for us, you know, to continue to survive despite all of the trials and tribulations that we're dealing with, in particular with the energy crisis that's crushing us right now. Uh, I just wanted to highlight for our listening audience, you know, as a historically, world powers have a tendency to villainize and radicalize um, people who are speaking out for something, for sometimes things that seem far far from what the norms is, but when the norms don't serve the people or serve most people, um, I think... That's what a person like Fidel symbolizes for me, right? Not that he's a perfect leader, but that he actually began to rage against America taking advantage of Cuba, Mm -hmm. right? I don't want to be your island paradise, and my women, my children, my resources Mm -hmm. are not yours to plummet, pillage, and rape. Mm -hmm. And in that... Manipulate. And manipulate. And in that, some... That power itself is corrupted. It's like an inertia, right? Like you say, uh, a... it's not corrupting, but if something in motion wants to stay in motion and something at rest wants to stay at rest, right? That's a basic principle in science. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with power. The people who have power and privilege, they want to stay in power at privilege, right? The difference is the people at rest, they become when they are suffering and they don't have the quality of life, that unrest actually seeks to not take power, but to create balance. And then the powerful radicalize the people who trying to create. Meanwhile, your power, I just want a better quality of life. I just, just give me the opportunity to have a little bit. Um, and then you have these really powerful people, leaders who come up and are supported by the people, which allows them to have a stay hold where you have money and resource. I got in masses. I have the forgotten. I have the disenfranchised, right? So to come for me, once that movement is built, is to come for the many and that, that lasting power, that lasting, <laughs> that is, it's, it's built in people. I, 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 like, I like how you said that, but uh, I, here is something that I, I want you and I to touch on real quickly because we, we can go a little bit over half hour left. I don't be careful using that word c- 
colonial and colony in 2022. And I'm going to tell you why. Right? Um, the flexibility we have now compared to back in the day, to me, right, distinguishes us from wanting to use that, that term, that term a colony and colonialism, right? Our forefathers, you know, some of them never catch a plane, right? They don't have that kind of flexibility we have now, right? Uh, we got the ability to become rich overnight. We, 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 we patent something, we do something, we, we, it gets on the internet, it goes viral before you know it. You could, that's, you know, so, so I, so I think we need to be a little careful, right? Yes, we are a territory of, and we are not fully incorporated because as it relates to voting and all that stuff, we can't vote for president, right? And the president could call shots for us. So there's something fundamentally wrong with that. I agree with that part, but you know, we do still have some, we have local government. Um, so I, so I, I, I think there is a term um, that that is somewhere in between colony and member. We are somewhere in between now because of our flexibility. Because yes, there are still some colonialism, you know, dynamics involved there. But we still have some players. I mean, let's face it: the the, the delegate has some clout right now. She's had some clout the last couple of years at at the committee level. Of course, you can't vote on the floor and all that stuff. But still, so I think you know the nuanced. You know, it, is, it is nuanced. Yeah, so let, yeah, me say, yeah. let me say publicly. I'm, I'm not saying it's not colonialism because there's, there is something there, but no, there, there, I, I, I just think there's you, something right? in the so, middle there. So the yeah. first thing I say is the reason why I could state these things so boldly is because I live in America, <laughs> right? Like if I lived in someplace else, mm -hmm. it might not be so. So I agree with you. Um, and for me, I use the word colony because I think we suppress a lot of us a lot of us glaze over the fact of the, the things that you just mentioned, our voting rights. Like, um, everything we have here is subsidized. If America choose to go away tomorrow, how are we going to take care of it? And also a colonial mindset, a dependency mindset, right? Which is not necessarily predicated by the U.S. government, but... As us, as citizens, right? We, we, we are extremely dependent. So when I use the word colony, I'm, I'm wanting to highlight how, how in some ways we operate as colonial citizens and what we're doing in ourselves okay. to yeah. actually chase sovereignty. Mm -hmm. Because if, if, if that is what we want... Um, so I agree with you that this is a this is a middle conversation, and I feel it's not had publicly enough in this way where a person is saying, "Hey, I'm an American citizen, and these are all the benefits I have, and I see what we have come to and what we can do, mm -hmm. and I address in the fact that there's still there's still a ways to go. How do we get to the ways to go? Is um again people in the Virgin Islands is we don't you don't want we don't want to touch it with a ten foot pole we have to start touching things and we have to be able to disagree like in an educated format and be like well Neville you there on that side some of you there on this side and like find our happy middle because our children our children is looking for us to make decisions that empower them to make the decisions they need for their society we can't have hands off and um, um, to wrap up this conversation um but before we cycle it back to what we're looking for, um, as the territory evolves and we're dealing with the realities today, I want to use Che Guevara as, as a perfect example, right, of why people need to identify who you are, because that's a problem that we have here too. Um, some people want to be like other people, 
No, no, no. Be who you are. Right? Recognize that. Um, and, and try to max out how you could impact what you want to bring to the table. Right? For the best of the masses. Because everything has to be about making sure the masses are good. When, when Fidel and, and Che um, finally um, you know, realize, okay, we've accomplished what we want to accomplish, um, American manipulation ain't happening in, in Cuba. So, so Che tells Fidel, well, I got me some. And Fidel tell you, why, 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 why you want to leave? We got what we wanted. We got everything. Because Che is originally from South America, right? Latin America, South America. And um, so basically for Fidel, it was about power, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and Che said, well, no, no, no. You in the power business, either in the freedom and revolutionary business, and I got some people in Angola that are waiting for me mm-hmm. because I got work to do to help get them to where we are now, right? In other words, Allah, we can't be the same. And, and to me, when, when you read that, that's a, there's a reason why his photo with that time on the head is the number one selling T-shirt in the history of um t-shirts with people on it seriously because i remember when i get my first red chick vera t-shirt i just know Uh, i had arrived it was was just beautiful to read that how he realized this is who i am and apparently he was a i think he was a doctor he was a doctor and fidel was a lawyer Mm -hmm. right and he said no 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 no. i did the revolutionary business i trying to free people from oppression right and i want the public to know oppression ain't ain't immune to any color. You know, there's no. oppression, there's white people, well, the white people who are oppressed, people of color. I mean, it happens all over, you know. Uh, so, so, so don't believe the hype. Yeah, but revolutions like, aren't won by people of one color. No, sir. Right? Humanity. Like, people across power, people across resources, and people across race historically have stood up in revolution together to forward change. And so bridging the divide of our humanity has always been the long-term answer to any social issue. Even when you think about Harriet Tubman, along the Underground Railroad you had from, you know, you had little people who owned farms of color and you had statesmen. You need you need the gamut to really make impactful change well you know i graduated in 82 my father at the time had a one of the few people who had a song system both speakers so we would do graduations and all that stuff and cora christian was the, the guest speaker at the central high graduation we graduated before them they graduated later on uh called vla and all them and angel ventura and all them who graduated my year billy johnson all that stuff and cora christian quoted Bob Marley and uh, he, Redemption song, which ain't a dance song, but is arguably one of his most popular songs ever because of the quality of the content. And, and she quoted, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds, right? That's where we at now, unfortunately, 40 years later, in Sincra, right? We're mentally, we're caught up into a structure that 
is not evolving. Mm. I mean, I'm just sorry to say it, you know. Um, the energy crisis, you know, is holding us hostage. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't want to be a part of a table talk on Monday that people love. I got Summer Sibley here joining me, and you know, we're we're, we're suggesting things that we believe will allow for us to evolve, and we're just being redundant talking about it over and over again, and we ain't seeing movement. We need movement, Summer. Well, so... And we got the mandate movement, man. But our mandate for the movement comes from the electorate. This is why the candidate speaks. This is why our right to vote. This is why the accountability piece... Our problem, Summer, is we step up and if you are a threat to that establishment that you talked about earlier, they ostracize you, they marginalize you, and we don't see progress. It's just a cyclical thing. Hop on on the on 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 on, on, on the Ferris wheel, so we could go up and down. You know. So I mean, I mean, at at what point do we say enough? Literally, enough is enough. We we got the money now, right? We we this is the recovery. I know it's going to take 10, 12 years. You know, fairness to the administration. That's just how it works. But we need to see it, man. We need to feel it. That's all. That's all. That's all we're asking for. Why is it taking so long? I listen. So the, the the in the parts right the federal bureaucracy right any person who go into office into the legislature and we are trying to expend those federal dollars we know you're right the the recovery is a ten to fifteen year process and the federal system does not serve our small community in a way that those dollars can be easily leveraged yeah but but smaller communities theoretically. In mm-hmm. principle, are easier to fix. Why are we still struggling? It don't look. Look, for instance, right? The the, the pandemic actually served us it economically. Did. It did. You know what I'm saying? Simply because we're a smaller population, so it didn't take that much capital to con- to, the, to, to, to to for us to rein in where we were and all that stuff. The no. amount of money we have right now, we should be re-envisioning and elevating this territory and fixing those intractable problems, right? But that's that intention versus impact. And on, stop, yes. Stop, stop right there. I'm going to let you go there. And quickly, one of my listeners said, uh, as long as self-determination does not exist, a state of colonization is in play. Check the UN resolutions 1514, 1541. I agree. A state, not full colonization. A state of that's what I'm saying. So we'll take a break. We'll come back and see how we can address our thing locally. We'll be back right after this. Getaway Friday. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go. And our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com.
What is dedication? The thing that drives me every day as a dad is Dariana. We call him Day Day for short. Every day he's hungry for something, whether it's attention, affection, knowledge. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that when he's no longer under my wing, that he's a good person. I want him to be able to sit back one day and go, we worked together, we did a good job. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Good morning, neighbor. I see you got your bumper stickers and your sign up, Pauly. Yes, I'm so ready for this election season. Me too. Just waiting for the info on the polling places and then ballots. What polling places? You mean voting centers? The election system is using voting centers this year, where you can go anywhere across the island, walk in, fill out a ballot. Just bring your ID. Really? Because my daughter lives in Tutu, but walk all the way by the airport and would try to run back home before the sun goes down to vote. Nope. You're no longer stuck to just your neighborhood on election day. Voting centers mean you can vote anywhere in your district. And the next time, try the early voting option too. Skip the line altogether on election day. Girl, you have all the good tips this year, man. So, who's going to win? Ha! Read my yard sign. Then pick any voting center. Just remember, voting is not just your right. It's, it's the, the right, right thing, thing to do. A message from the election system of the Virgin Islands. And we're back here, Analyze This, having one of our uh, social conversations. Me and uh, Summer Sibley before I break out of Dodge. And um, <clears throat> getting the text messages, getting the 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 um, <laughs> the, the uh, Facebook message. One of the listeners' partners said, um, Castro was a socialist, not a communist. Check was a communist, right? Well, I, I, I don't even know if, um, I, I think he was just, he was more revolutionary. You know, to me, communist and socialism, that, that's terms that we use to describe a certain type of government, right? You check what I'm saying? I, I want to know mentally where you're at. Your check, Che was into revolution, right? Um, Fidel was into Power, right? Running things, right? but I do want to give them credit though, because they, they they recognize the two most important things that you could do for your community, right? Is educate them and keep them healthy, right? Um, we know this in the Virgin Islands, we haven't practiced it, and it's hurting us, and um, and then coupled with the fact that we are detached. Right, as it comes to when it comes to energy, because this conversation right now, this last segment here, we, everything gonna be about energy, is right. We got to generate our own power here. We impart on our grid and nothing, right. So because of that, right, we need to find out and implement. If we've already found out, if we got the white paper, we got the document and all that stuff, right. How we could put in place a system, right, and it gotta be like a twin system, so to speak, right, because. You can't connect St. Thomas to sing. I mean, you could do it, but the cost of it, it really ain't, you know, economically feasible, right? We go find a twin system, right, that allows for us to have an energy structure that is 
and these are the four terms that we use, right? Reliable, efficient, um, financially uh, benefit, um, right? Beneficial, beneficial. I use the right the 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 right term here, and right. On top of that, we keep ignoring this, right? That it's easy for the rate payer. It's uh, in, in a way, it's educational, right? Because you want the rate payer to know why you are paying what you are paying. It ain't just about, okay, we're going to put in the infrastructure and we're going to reduce costs. No, 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 we can't stop there. There has to be an educational component for the rate payers so that they could mentally process what we're dealing with. Your check. And now, you know, here we are 20 years into our energy crisis. That's, that's what it says. This is early 2000s we were talking about. And I'm sorry to say it, and it's a sad commentary. We are no better off today than we were in the early 2000s. And that is an abject failure for us as a territory. And I, you know, I, I'm going to take blame. And I want to say that for 12 years. I try to impart, you know, the, the impact, the, the fact that we, you know, are, are dependent on external, uh, external forces more so than internal. But uh, in a way, uh, I don't know if that was actually true because you got to have the fortitude, the internal fortitude to want to make the changes. We have the capacity, mentally, educationally, but you got to have the will. And I don't know if that will was there. So the question would be, does that will... The question is, is that will assigned to power, right? Like, what power plays are at play? What, 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 is there a benefit to keeping us dependent? What are the conditions that we need to create? Because we need to start talking in scenarios and conditions that could transition forward. Um, this this energy piece forward, and if we're not transitioning it, and it's lasting for twenty years, why? Who who benefits from it lasting this way? Um, what decisions need to be undone or looked at? I mean, like, cause it could be criminal. I'm not saying that it is, but it could be criminal. Okay. And if we're not willing to swim in the reality and look at it for what it is, we're not going to transition. We keep graciously or not having. Um, I'm going to use the word will, but there's another will com- another word coming up in my mind. Like, we don't want to address it head on. Mm. We want to call a spade a spade because calling a spade a spade is not politically astute or it's not politically um, appropriate, right? Mm. And people play in politics so they could get reelected so that they could stay after you're reelected, you're in, in the good graces of the people who you're working with. So, when. Po- political incorrectness, um, you know. But the thing is, at, at it, whose expense? But so the, these are the. This is why I think we're a colony, right? Because when we have to navigate these systems of interpersonal relationship, I actually, I run a nonprofit. But if I actually can't speak up for farmers for fear of retribution, am I really actually helping farmers? If I can't say this is what's wrong with the Department of Agriculture, this is what needs to be fixed in the executive branch. This is what we need private sector to do. This is what we need education to do. If I mention the four things that I think need to happen to really drive change, and then because you say it publicly, you are now public enemy number one. Yes, sir. So now I have to speak a certain way in hopes that the legislature would impart money on me and or the commissioner would talk to me or the governor would listen to me can i really forward change so you gotta kind of be courageous and be like 
in that boldness, you also have to figure out how do I live in this community? What are the alternative pathways that go give donations to my organization that fund me to have a staff? But, so people navigate yeah, in those type of things. Yeah, but, but you also want to factor in what's the end game, mm. right? I'm not just doing this because I want to do this. I want, I'm doing this because I want to have positive impact on where I live, right? I'm going to give you a perfect example, right? <clears throat> I didn't know Hugo Hodge. Um, I was a senator for three years. And he came in in, in January 2008. Uh, I met him through a, a, a uh, acquaintance that, um, you know, that, that, that we had in common. And, you know, you know, he he would come before the legislature and he's testifying. And, and one thing about Hugo Hodge, you know, he speaks very, very well. You know, you're not dummy. He knows his. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't use that other term because I read it, but he knows his black, right? And later on that year, he and I tease each other about this, right? We were talking about why it was so costly for the people in the Virgin Islands, <coughs> um, you know, to, to, to pay that WAPA bill. And he, he stated, you know, and I, he, we tease each other about this. He used the term, um, what we're dealing with is not indicative of primitive behavior, right? He was saying this is not because the people that may really know what's going on and they ain't really got the, 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 the wherewithal and the mental capacity. So, so get it out of the way. And, and, I, and I'm sitting there and I'm saying, man, you know, I'm, I listen to the brother. The, 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 brother, the brother sounds good and he's accurate, right? Because I knew then that it was an external forces issue, right? That I was late 2008. Myself, Randy Russell, Juan Figueroa Seville had already lost in the primary. And we, we were trying to figure out, you know, what we could do to provide some relief. And um, the recession hit. Mm. And some, uh, every 30 days, Hugo Hodge was petitioning the Public Service Commission for a reduction in the, in the, um, in the LIAC. And, and the public, it was like manna from heaven because it was like, this is exactly why we're telling you all along. The price of oil, right, had ballooned to nearly $150 a barrel in July of 2008. By December, the price of oil was down to $28, $29 a barrel. Wow. So just look at that. Let, let's use 150 and 30 right the the price of a commodity in july had dropped 80 percent in a matter of four to five months which speaks to instead of us looking at it okay wow this is a big relief um no you need to look at it suppose it was the reverse mm-hmm. suppose you were paying 30 Right, and in a matter of four or five months, you were paying a hundred uh, five times more. You check, and that's to me is where you know you you need you, you know, find out who really got vision. You check, they were just looking at relief, we, right? We need an office. We need an office of um, innovation and futurism, right? We need or a think tank or a task force. Here's why, right? I told you, me and you had a conversation, and I was like, every. Um, entity that fortifies itself for the future is running scenarios 
Even, right, you could go to the stock market and look and buy pork belly futures, mm-hmm. right? Because there is this predictive mechanism. But I was in trading places with Dan Aykroyd and Exactly. One of my favorite movies. <laughs> and Eddie Murphy, pork belly futures. Yeah. Right? But that's what, this is how TV does sometimes teach children because that's where I first heard that terminology. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is if we are not begin, if we're not beginning to plan in scenarios and futures to fortify ourselves, we're always going to be in this 20-year 20-year minimal crisis management because we're very myopic. We're dealing with the crisis and not with the alternative. We actually need every office in the Virgin Islands in two divisions. The people who are run and out fires every day because things are on fire Mm -hmm. and the people who are leading the vision and we're not structured like that. Why would you have a commissioner, a deputy, an insular superintendent chasing down buildings? One of my listeners, the one who, who love you to death, she said, sun, wind, and water. Energy. Thank what, you. What, ben, what better energy you want? You are so right. So, so, so basically, she, she, she's telling us, and yes, it is a lady. She, she's telling us in a, in a nice way, we have no excuse. We don't. And why haven't we figured it out? Why haven't we figured that out? Why aren't we diligently we, walking on those things? On the table talk, Randy Russell's. And whenever we talk about energy, the public tunes in, the antenna goes on, and Randy keep hopping. And at the time, Doc Cole were running the PSC. Me and Rocky, you know, we, you know, I moderating, and, and Rocky just providing that guidance, keeping us together. But Randy keeps saying, you know, until we really fully commit to alternative forms of energy, you know, we're doing the solar thing. I see the solar field, the solar field by the, um, the district court, mm-hmm. looking good. Right and all that stuff, uh, you know. But we got other natural elements that we need to we need to get serious about, man. And this 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 a joke, man. I I, I sorry, man. I sorry, you know. And and, and I tired of blaming um, the leadership at Wapa, you know, because um, it's an easy way out. You know, we 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 keep turning over CEOs and. And executives and all that stuff. When we know, mm. like like every like in every operation, in order for it to work, the rank and file people them got to be the one who making it work. You know, anybody could be a, anybody could take a managerial position. A, any any competent executive could take a managerial position at at these at these authorities. The rank and file employees are the ones who really and the technocrats, the ones the engineers. And that's what that's what water and power distribution is about. It's all engineers, mm-hmm. right? They are the ones who make this thing work. But if you don't have the right kind of structure and support system, it ain't just about structure, a support system that understands how to maximize the structure benefiting the masses, then we're in trouble. And a 20-year energy crisis, frankly speaking, is a joke. Given all of these natural elements that we have surrounding us and the intellectual capacity, Alexander Hamilton, William Leidestorf, all of them, Camille Pizarro, all of them, these great global impact, high impact people, they got educated here in the Virgin Islands, man. 
We ain't been lacking for that. And that's over 100 years. But we do 200 have a, years. But we do have a commitment problem, right? Because we want agriculture to work, but we ain't committed to it. We want energy to be solved, but we ain't committed to it. We want education to improve, but we ain't committed to it. We want health care, but we ain't committed to it. So, you know, the honorable, good former Senator Russell is right. We have commitment issues. Technically, we just say, listen, we, we say we love our island and we train plastic out the window. So there is also this cognitive dissonance where Virgin Islanders want something mm-hmm. but they don't want to have the behaviors to do it. And I tell people, me judging nobody because I liken it to myself. Summer wants to lose weight and she does still eat McDonald's. <laughs> so like those things, if you see me saying I done a diet and I done the McDonald's line, you go look at me and say no man, that girl losing her mind, she ain't gonna lose no weight. That's how we have to approach our energy, our healthcare, our education, right? And our agriculture issue. Well, behavior change. You know, I, I use this term, and you know, Doc Scholar hop on it. You know, when Clark Kellogg, a basketball player, he said, "You know, if you don't have the stick itiveness, I don't care how good the plan is, you're not gonna make it." Because I don't care how good a plan is, and it's a sports analogy, right? There's always some uh, somebody else who put it together a, a counter plan. <laughs> you check to undermine what you're doing. The question is, are you going to abandon the plan or are you going to stick to it? I have a greater uh, uh, question. You know. Where is the plan, right? Because I know that there are plans. I am not insinuating that any the leadership or, and not just this leadership, but administrations past, right? Mm-hmm. All have had a plan. You haven't involved the people in the plan. So we as a community cannot be stick to itiveness. We have no idea of the playbook that's running the Virgin Islands. What we have is a lot of is trust me. Trust me, I gonna do this. Trust me, I gonna solve this. Mm-hmm. I do not need someone with a cape flying over me. Superman is a man I don't watch in the movies. If we're going to do this thing together, you have to bring the community along. And, and, and by the way, well, I don't know. As I've gotten older, you know, they had us thinking Superman was the, was the best. Give me Batman and, and Spider Man. I, I like them more. But I, I I'm an Avengers type chick, right? Like I even know, like I want. Give, it, this me, is give a me the dark. Give me the Dark Knight. I like the Dark Knight as as I get older. Look, great conversation. Run things, man. Run things. I know you're gonna you're gonna do what you got to do. Uh, thanks, thanks for spending the morning with me. Thanks everybody for listening and all the text messages got them. Great convo, summer holding things done. Effective, effective Monday. Okay, enjoy the weekend. Beautiful weather. Talk to you then. Bye bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? One vape pod has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Veterans. 
Whatever you're going through, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council.